I'm Helen Wallace, Creative Consultant at King's Place, and welcome to this King's Place podcast. I'm down here in Hall 2 this evening with a distinguished composer, Howard Skempton, and conductor, David Wordsworth, who's throwing a musical 70th birthday party for Howard this coming October. Howard is a unique figure in British music. He worked with Cornelius Cardew in the Scratch Orchestra in the 60s. He was a friend of Morton Feldman. He was a friend also of Terry Riley and the American Minimalists. All his music has an extraordinary distilled quality and has really proved timeless. Welcome to you both. We just heard there the choral setting that Howard made of Yeats's poem, He Wishes for the Cloths of Heaven, which will be sung by the Addison singers in this, in this concert. And it provides a glimpse into the beguiling world of Skempton's music. David, why did you particularly want that piece in there? I suppose firstly because, well, the choir's had quite a long association with Howard over the years and he's written a couple of pieces for us. This was one of the first pieces, I think, that we sang, and we sang it in a concert, and it was one of those strange occasions where people run up to me in the interval and say, and said, can you sing it again? You have to sing it again. We want to hear it again. <laughs> so that was one very good reason. The choir adore it, which is another very good reason, and I think it's one of, his, one of Howard's very best choral pieces. It's one of those perfect matches of text and music Mm. where the music sounds as if it's always been there. And I was thinking that I was talking to another choral director actually about a programme recently where it had a sort of minimalist theme and we were going through the whole programme and he, we came to this piece, a carol actually by Howard and he said, oh, that's not minimalist, that's just beautiful. And I thought that was quite an interesting way of thinking about Howard's music because it doesn't fit into any category really at all. How do you react to that, Howard? Well, uh, I, I certainly appreciate it because I don't want to be boxed. I don't want to be put in a box, but it would be disingenuous of me to say that, I, I wasn't, uh, that I'm not in part a minimalist because I was strongly influenced by minimalist music when I was working with Cornelius Cardio. I took part in the first British performance of NC back in 1968 when I was 20. What did um, you play? Uh, melodica, I think, whatever I could play. And, um, and of course, what is interesting about, I mentioned in C, there is melodic content to this piece, but the, uh, I think as soon as you start writing melody, you, you move into um, something which transcends labels uh, because there's such a strong emotional uh, character to any melody that um, it's automatically too rich to be restricted by a label, I think. I mean, you talk about your, your influences, and as you say, you, you were part of an original performance of In C. Um, you've, I've heard that you, well, you've said actually yourself that the Beatles and Morton Feldman and Webern were all influences. I may not, um, it may not be clear where I belong, but I think there are very strong influences which don't change, and I would add Britain to that list, you yeah. see. So, it's, yeah. uh, so it, is, it is Weber and Feldman and Britain. 
one thinks, well, what, what do those composers have in common? Well, there is a strong melodic uh, feel, I think ev even in Feldman, possibly, uh, but, but certainly in Britain's music and in Weben, um, a lyrical um, impulse at all times, I think. And David, I mean, you've said that you, you chose that particular piece because your choir loved to sing it. I mean, how would you describe Howard's music if someone didn't, had never heard it before and they asked you? Goodness. I think, first of all, the fact that it is instantly memorable, um, melodically and harmonically. John Fallis, in his name, comes up a few times because he's written very eloquently about Howard's music. And he mentions this word earworm, this thing that burrows into your head and you can't get rid of. Um, the tunes, the melodies always stay with you long after, long after you've heard it. So that, that's kind of the important thing. The second thing is the wonderful way he sets texts, the very natural way he sets texts, the clarity of his thought. And I think the other thing I love is the fact that singers are often deceived because on the paper, you look at the paper and you think, well, there aren't many notes, this is going to be very easy to sing. But you mustn't fall into that trap because just the opposite is the case. It's very, very hard and very demanding to get right harmonically. It has to be perfectly in tune. The rhythms have to be absolutely correct. And also of the audience, I mean, it, de it, it also demands that attention. It demands it, a very particular kind of listener, I think. It, it, it needs great care mm. from the listener. And the other thing is that two bars, and you know exactly who it, who it is, it couldn't possibly be anybody else. Yeah. And I think that is quite rare for, for, mm. for a composer of, of, any, uh, of, of any time, actually. Well, if it's possible for me to say anything after that, <laughs> I, I, will, I will say that it probab it's probably um, it's what you would expect of a poet. How do you focus what you're doing? You haven't got 50,000 words or 70,000 words. You have, you have to be succinct. You have to be, yes. It has to be distilled. But of course, the other thing that poetry does is it delights in ambiguity. Mm. It, but it's, it's interesting you say that you don't have lots of words because I, I do. One always feels that with your music, you don't feel you have an infinite number of notes. No, but I, you, I love you, the idea. You are very, very austere. In yes, but I love the idea that with those few notes, one can actually um, possibly suggest more because mm. because mm. you can create a sense of ambiguity. I have a tried and tested technique, I have to say, which is to find the poem and then work on the rhythm. So I usually have the rhythmic character of the work in advance. Mm -hmm. Given that technique, uh, which is, I think, um, quite controlled, I'm then free to be intuitive. And that to me is, is, that's why I'm so happy doing choral music and why I'd be happy to spend what time I have left doing <laughs> choral music. And, um, well, it's lovely that one of the pieces that in this concert is actually a piece for choir and string quartet. That's right. Yeah. Which yes, is Expectancy. Yeah. Why did you particularly want to... I mean, it's a London premiere, I think. Well, that is it is a London premiere. Well, that, that was, it was partly Howard's request. But I suppose I thought, A, it's a London premiere. It hasn't been done before. It's a very unusual combination, mm. choir and string quartet. And as we have a choir in the concert and the string quartet in the concert why not let, get them to do something together the Gilders are a wonderful quartet that was the reason I wanted to do it but it was Howard's request and it mm. seemed a very natural thing to do Talking about the beginning of this concert uh, you've chosen David to have various pianists coming who are connected to, to Howard the piano writing of Howard is, is essential isn't it it's like, it's like something that runs through I mean you, I think you called it the, 
the central nervous system of, That's your, right, yeah. of your writing. Mm. How did you pick the pianists to come and play these lovely miniatures? I think they were just people that I knew. I mean, we discussed it a little bit, but but they were just people that I knew had had a long association. I mean, John Tilbury in particular mm. has been playing Howard's music for a very long time. Mm. Um, and, and the others too. And I, I also wanted to ask composers to write new little pieces. So I, I suppose, I mean, the two central streams, as you say, the central nervous system or the music for the piano, music for accordion. So I thought mm. it natural to start the evening with piano music and to fi- almost finish the evening with the accordion for the, the cabaret concert that comes late later on. Yes. So we have those two things um, as bookends. I mean, is it part mm. of your whole composing process to write for piano? Or ha- has it been in the past? That's very interesting. It's a very, it's a very good question because I think I was thinking about Feldman's music. I was thinking about colour Quite honestly, I don't think the, the piano is just wonderful uh, because there's there's so much imagined colour in the piano. You can you can just do anything with the piano as long as you're not intimidated by it. I think I've always approached it as a non-pianist, as it were. Although you did say to me that the work you're proudest of is Lento, which is that wonderful, oh, yes. wonderful work yes. for full yeah. orchestra. Yes, and I th- I think that. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm immensely proud of the piano music because, I mean, this is the music I would like to listen to, I think, more than any, because mm-hmm. these are the little poems and these, these yes. bare repeated listening. And Lento is, is a... And it's something to do with the, with the way you can, you can create something which, is, which has a very strong form. Mm-hmm. If it, a small piece can be perfectly formed, um, a bigger piece tends to ramble a bit or, or it, it tends to take more of a, a narrative form perhaps mm. and so I, li- I like the um, uh, that sort of sculptural yes. quality of the little piano pieces and that's what Lento is mm. basically mm. It's, it's, mm. it's sculptural rather than narrative in form Remember you saying how that when you discovered the accordion, it sort of it, it it came at a time in your life where you you it opened another door. Yes. And it's nice. I I thought that we this late night event from Club Inegal is going to feature you playing that. Yes. But I think the accordion is it was was the the great thing for me because um, because it it allowed me to develop my gift for melody, and it was the accordion that pointed me in that direction because, again, I had this funny instrument to play and I took it along to Molly College and Cornelius Cardew said, why did you buy an accordion, Had Why didn't you buy a proper instrument like a banjo? So we, <laughs> and after an hour he came back, he said, Howard, I think you've, you've, you've found your instrument. He, he, he could recognize, I mean, he was very good. And is, this concert is going to have some quite, um, well, I, I don't know whether to describe it as witty music. I, I think there's a very thin li- line between wit and wisdom, but also, also the, the playfulness. Play, play, play. Play is is a hugely important uh, yeah. aspect of what we do in both yeah. senses. In, uh, in other words, we play play in the sense of um, we're really functioning at our best when we're playing. But when as, you, long when as, as long as as long as we're playing seriously mm. enough. But of course, the other thing about play is this sense of refinement. 
mm. that that when you're when you're playing a piece of music, you play with the music. Uh, you you have to you you make subtle adjustments. So there's that sense of play being the the flexibility. Like mm. if you're a sailor, you, you sort of play the play yes, the, with the rope with the rope. Yes. You know. and being seventy, as I don't know whether you are yet. I'm not yet. Not yet. You're not no. yet. No. Being sixty-nine. Well, I'm sort of dimly aware <laughs> that I'm, I, I'm dimly aware that I'm approaching this. Um, so I just wanted to ask, looking back, what, is, what do you most want to do next? I've got I've got lots of pet projects. I want to write some more piano music. I, I've been neglecting the piano, so I've mm. promised uh, William Howard that I would do a set of preludes and fugues. It's very easy to think, right now, where next? You know, mm. I promised Birmingham Conservatoire that I'd write a piece for a concert. Edwin Roxburgh strings. Mm. Well, we both have big, big birthdays. Concert, yes, so yeah. There's a joint birthday concert, and I'm going to do a six-minute piece, and I've already called it a symphony. <laughs> so right. I'm going to write my six-minute symphony, which is sort of homage to Weber, and I think it's also a homage to Edwin. So it's got, but, but again, it's the, the idea of the, the sort of poetic mm. form. Again, as John Fallis wrote recently in a note of the Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, it's, it's more of the same, and yet... It, constantly changing yes yes so it's it's plus a change and david what's what are your if you had to if there was a house fire and you had to take away one of howard's scores what would it be oh my goodness well actually it would probably be the cloth of heaven i think that probably sounds a bizarre thing to say but uh, but i i think it is it's one of those as i said it's one of those it's, it's, it's a perfect piece it's a perfect text and it's a perfect piece and it sounds to me as though they, the words and the music have always been together. Nothing's been added. Mm. And so if I, if I was really pushed into a corner, it would probably be the toss of heaven, I think. Right. Well, I'm glad that we'll be hearing that. It promises to be a very special event on the 13th of October, Howard Skempton's birthday concert, and afterwards for the Club Inigal Cabaret, where Howard will be playing the accordion. And for tickets, go to www.kingsplace.co.uk forward slash Howard Skempton. Thank you very much. Thank you.